Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Slay and Thrive podcast. I hope everyone is having an amazing October. If you are one of my fellow Canadians, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. This is actually my first episode from inside my brand new office. I do hope that the audio still sounds good. I read somewhere that if you're in a room with a lot of hard furniture and like hard floors, it can make an echo. I tried playing some of this back to me as a test and it sounded okay. So I'm fingers crossed it sounds okay. If not, I will come up with another solution. Today's episode is a powerful one. In this episode, you're going to learn who surprisingly positive functions of binge eating. Yes, positive roles that binge eating can play in our everyday lives. You're also going to learn how to work with yourself instead of against yourself and eliminate those intense urges to binge without the force or the excessive willpower. None of that is required when we approach things in this way. And we're also going to talk about how to create a positive experience of growth or self-discovery out of your compulsions to binge. And I truly believe when we grow enough, evolve enough, get self-aware enough, those compulsions to binge are eventually going to phase themselves out, which is super cool. We're going to talk about first why this is so important. And why we are going to benefit from not just looking at binge eating like it's a bad thing. And I know from decades of personal experience that there are unpleasant, unhelpful things about binge eating. It is a drain on energy. It erodes self-confidence and self-trust. And it puts us into this really frustrating cycle where we can do really well all day or all week and then nighttime comes or the weekend comes and it feels like we just keep undoing all the progress we've made. However, the more we fight our urges to binge and simply try to willpower our way out of them, the worse they actually get. And we're going to fatigue ourselves even more in the process. That's why we get into these cycles where we have a binge. And we feel really crappy about it and see it as this awful thing. So we try harder not to binge, but then we're thinking about it and we're, we're resisting it. So we do it the next night and then maybe the next and the next. And it can take so much sheer force and effort to pull ourselves out of those cycles. 
It doesn't have to be like that when we start to integrate some of the ideas from today's episode. So what also can happen here is we can collapse timelines. And this goes back to what I just mentioned, that cycle where we binge, feel bad about it, try not to do it again, do it again, feel worse. The cycle repeats for days or weeks. So that happens very frequently for people who struggle with this. And I want you to think about this for yourself. How often have you been through a period where you were binge eating and couldn't figure it out? You didn't know why you were doing it or what was going on when you'd been doing so well for weeks or months. And then over time, when you had enough distance and objectivity afterwards, you could look back and you knew why. The cool thing is you can get that objectivity and that wisdom in advance. You can actually create this awareness and this sense of things while the compulsions to binge eat are happening. You can start to figure out where these compulsions are coming from and move through them without needing to indulge in them in real time. What's going to happen when you start to do this is you're not going to get stuck in those longer periods of time where you start binge eating, feel crappy about it, and it takes you that length of time to pull yourself free from it. So you're going to get the lessons and the insights and the aha moments faster. Then the other reason this is important is you're going to stop feeling resentful, angry, or fearful when you feel this urge to binge. When you realize that there are surprisingly positive functions that binge eating is playing in your life, you can start to do the right work to not only transform how you're eating, but also how you're doing your entire life in a way that serves you in a far greater way. And when you're not fighting that urge to binge, you free up so much energy. You can be more consistent with eating healthy in a way that aligns with your goals. You can be more consistent with working out, with your self-care practices. You're going to be more productive. You're going to free up that energy to do all the other things in life that you love and want to be spending your time on. So that's why we're chatting about this today. Let's move on to these two surprisingly positive functions. The first is binge eating can actually serve as protection. This one is especially true if you've been overeating or binge eating from a young age when you started doing it in response to a challenging life event. Most of the clients I work with who have struggled with binge eating for a long time started this particular habit during times of high stress or big life changes that were very destabilizing. And there's a good reason for this. We have this really old survival part of our brain. And that part of our brain doesn't care about how our clothes fit. That part of our brain doesn't care about that half marathon we want to get the personal record on. That part of our brain only cares about our survival. And 
it knows that if something is familiar and if they've gone through it before, that means it's survivable. So if we've been binge eating for a long time, even if it has all those negative benefits we've talked about, negative benefits, that's a paradox if I ever heard one, or oxymoron. Anyways, if it has all those negative aspects, but we know that we can survive it, our survival brain is going to be on board with that pattern. And this becomes very important in terms of the lens of protection. So what this can look like is, have you ever said, when I stop binge eating and I lose the weight, I will dot, dot, dot. And then fill in that blank for yourself. Was it write the book? Was it learn how to scuba dive? Was it get the new job, start dating again, start the business, go on a solo backpacking trip through Europe? Do you have one of those things? One of those things that you've always said, I'm going to do that once I get a handle on my food issues. In my experience, a lot of people have one of those things. And chances are this thing, or maybe these multiple things that you want to do once you get a handle on your food and eating issues are outside of your comfort zone and they're very unfamiliar. Your survival brain doesn't know if you can survive this new thing that you want to do. So you'll often stay in the binge and restrict cycle because it's keeping you from going out and doing that other scarier, possibly not survivable thing. And the thing here is binge eating is so frustrating. It feels all consuming at times. However, it also makes your world very small and weirdly in its own way, very safe. It's just you, your food, your urges, your negative emotions about your behavior. As painful as it is, it also keeps you isolated from these other bigger goals that are scarier and more unpredictable because often those goals involve other people as well. And this is something that I have felt in my own life in terms of starting a business. And I actually had a conversation with one of my mentors, Lori Ann King. She was back on the podcast in November of last year, I think. So almost a year ago. And I was telling her about how I really wanted to start this business and I wanted to help people heal their relationship with food and transform their bodies, but do it in this way that was loving and unapologetic and allowed them to appreciate themselves just as they were now while making changes. And I told her I couldn't do it yet because I was still binge eating off and on. And she actually said something that stuck with me ever since. And she asked me if my perpetual struggles with binge eating were the thing that was keeping me from launching my business because launching my business was really scary. Much scarier than the prospect of a lifetime of continuing to struggle off and on with this challenge. And that was very true for me. In all honesty, as much as I like hop on this microphone and make the obligatory Facebook posts, sharing some of my story, it's hard for me. I still really struggle with being seen and with sharing some of my stuff. 
And I do it anyways, because I know that the only way to make certain things feel safe is to do them. And that's something I wanted to drive home for all of you. If you feel that binge eating is something that is protecting you, this is a surprisingly positive function because wanting to feel safe and protected is not a bad thing. Safety is the very first need at the bottom of the pyramid on the hierarchy of needs. Wanting to feel safe is perfectly normal. And if this is the challenge for you, here are some solutions. You want to first start by thanking the part of you that wants to be safe and is trying to keep you safe by binge eating. When you can actually express gratitude and acceptance for a certain part of you that you previously resisted or judged, it takes so much of the resistance and the negative charge away. And from this place, you can actually start to work with this part instead of against it. You can also work on cultivating a sense of safety for yourself on a more regular basis and doing it in ways that don't involve eating. And this could look like anything from starting therapy to work through some of your stuff to maybe journaling or meditation or yoga, anything where you're spending time in a more relaxed state and able to start regulating your nervous system. The other thing you can do is start going after that when I stop binge eating goal that you have. And if the thought of that fills you with a lot of fear and apprehension, I totally understand that is normal and makes perfect sense. So this doesn't look like going all in and buying that ticket tomorrow or writing the entire book next week. It looks like starting to take those baby steps at the beginning. Maybe you start to research that trip you want to take or go see a travel agent. Maybe you just write that first page of your first draft. And the cool thing here is when you start to do that thing you've been putting off because it doesn't feel fully safe, you show yourself that it is safe and you can do these things that were once scary and you weren't sure if you were going to be able to do them. When you start doing these two things together, so cultivating that sense of safety from within and going after that deeply uncomfortable goal and exposing yourself to a new discomfort, your binge eating will no longer need to protect you because you're finding other ways to feel safe and you're proving to yourself little by little that these other goals you have for yourself aren't so dangerous after all. The second surprisingly positive function that binge eating plays is that it can be a red flag when something in your life is going wrong. It's like a flashing check engine light on our car. The problem is when we start to have these urges to binge, we often just keep barreling forward and ignoring the check engine light. And now the vehicle we're driving through life isn't running the way it's supposed to. When a check engine light comes on in our car, we don't get mad at the check engine light. Well, <laughs> maybe you do a little bit if you're like me and think, oh, fantastic. I love sinking hundreds of dollars into car maintenance, my favorite. <laughs> Deep down, I know those lights are important because it's a signal we need to get something fixed and repaired. 
If we don't, it's only going to damage the vehicle more and lead to more expensive repairs later. And I am feeling this on a very personal level. I had a light that came on to tell me I had a headlight that was burned out. And then I went to the car place and they came back inside and told me, oh, your timing belt, it really needs changed. It was supposed to be changed six kilometers ago. And that's a big expense for my <laughs> vehicle. So I was like, all right, I'll change my timing belt. And I was telling my fiance about this. I'm like, yeah, apparently I need a new timing belt. And he said, well, have you noticed your car driving any differently lately? I said, yeah, actually, my car started to do this like weird stuttering thing when I step on the gas sometimes. And he said, yeah, that sounds like it could be a timing belt problem. And I said, well, I guess it's a good thing I went in and had that checked because I was just hoping it would go away on its own. <laughs> I will never start a podcast on car maintenance because I am the worst. But anyways, that little check engine light about the burnt out headlight led me to get a bigger issue fixed that I'm sure if I kept driving without a timing belt, things could have gone terribly wrong on the road at some point. And it is the same with binge eating. It's that check engine light. And if we ignore it, it's going to lead to more expensive in terms of like effort and challenge later, more expensive repairs to make in our lives later on. So what could this check engine light be indicating? What could this red flag be pointing to? Oftentimes it's a need to rest or a need to do more self-care in our lives. So when you're starting to feel these compulsions, first ask yourself, have I been pushing too hard? Have I been running myself into the ground for way too long? This can also be a need to confront some challenging emotions or situations that you've been avoiding. It could also be a red flag that something is super off or out of alignment in your life, a sign that something big needs to change. And I'm going to share a couple examples for you so you can see how profoundly this can happen. And of course, sometimes you don't see this until much later on, or fortunately for me, I noticed it much more quickly this time. But I remember back in 2019, uh, it was the summer of 2019, and I had just gotten engaged. And all of a sudden, my binge eating resurfaced with a vengeance. Like it was the worst it had been in probably two years, I would say. And I went back to my heaviest weight of all time. And as I'm looking back now, it was a huge red flag that. I was getting ready to marry the wrong person that wasn't meant to be my life partner. And then, because I've gotten more practiced at building this skill and noticing these positive functions of binge eating, I actually noticed it very profoundly in the last month or so. And not only was there a big move, a lack of rest, a lot of chaos that I'm not used to, but there was something else that was going on that I think happens for us very often. Oftentimes this check engine light or this red flag 
is about us becoming disconnected from our truth and what is going to be best for us. And this actually happened when I started my business. And starting the business, I was fired up. I was excited. And I expected there to be like challenges. I expected to kind of not know what I was doing. I expected there to be a learning curve. I expected myself to do live trainings where nobody shows up yet and have all these like failures that you expect at the beginning. What I didn't expect was to go into the business mentorship I signed up for and feel the full body know of their particular strategy they recommend for organic marketing. And I am not throwing shade at anyone this strategy is used a lot, and I imagine it works really well in certain niches and all the things, but their big strategy was to go into Facebook groups, friend 50 people a day, direct message 30 people a day, and then you're bound to get on a few sales calls every day, and then you're bound to get a few clients from that every week. Boom. Instant success. And I could see how that could be a strategy that could work very well if that strategy resonated for a person. And it didn't for me for a few reasons. One is I know those Facebook groups have been built by other people who have built them for probably their businesses and their audiences. And it felt just not in alignment to go in there and kind of poach their people or whatever. And then I also truly believe that the work I'm doing to help people with their weight, with their emotional eating, with their binge eating. These are incredibly sensitive topics for people. It's not just like you're direct messaging someone to help them grow their business or their podcast or something like that. This is a huge pain point for people. And to have someone, a random person you don't know, hop into your direct messages and try to get you to work with them is not how I wanted to grow my business because I want the people who want to work with me, I want them to do that because I've created a lot of value upfront with my trainings, with my podcast, by showing them that I actually care about them and that they're not just some quota that I had to reach for the day. And then I also feel very strongly about this because of something that happened to me back in 2010 that still kind of makes me feel awful to this day. I was at my gym that I'd been going to for months and months on end. I was really depressed at the time. I was quite overweight. I was really struggling with binge eating. So I would go in there and like be on the elliptical for an hour, just like trying to, you know, fix myself, all the things. And there was one point where I had this trainer come up to me trainer I'd never talked to. I'd seen her around the gym, but we'd never connected. And she came up to me and she just started chatting with me. And she's like, hey, so I see you in here all the time and you are killing it in your workouts. And it just doesn't seem like you're getting the results you're looking for. So have you ever thought about working with a coach? It was kind of like the in-person version of this whole direct messaging strategy. I just remember feeling so much shame and embarrassment and I left the gym that day and went and like 
bought a whole bunch of food to binge on because I felt so bad about it. And I don't want to be that person for other people out in the world, online or otherwise. So then I had this strategy that I was not doing because it didn't resonate. And then I felt the guilt about being a quote unquote bad client that wasn't doing their work, wasn't being coachable, which is not an experience I have often because I was the nerdy straight A student in school. So there was a lot of challenging nights there where I was just not feeling like myself and going back to some of those old habits. And looking back now, it makes perfect sense. There was this strategy that was being given to me that was not the strategy that I felt right using. And I actually felt some, A, the guilt, and then also B, the anger about the fact that I was expected to use this strategy. So there was a lot of things going on. And the binge eating that was happening at the time was just a check engine light to do things differently and to go in a different direction and trust that I was making the best decision for me. And once I had that epiphany and made those realizations, all of those compulsions to binge just dissipated. And that's the really great thing about when you approach your binge eating this way. So when you feel the compulsions to binge, you can check for these two functions. You can ask, what is my binge eating trying to protect myself from? And then you can start to explore how you can become the person who A, doesn't need the protection from binge eating, and B, start to ease your way into doing those big, scary things you were once trying to stay protected from. Those things, I promise, are always so much scarier before we actually do them. Unless it's something like um, skydiving without a parachute or something, you know, actually scary and unsafe. But that's not what we're talking about here. And the second part of this is ask yourself what are the red flags that need to be addressed? Where is that check engine like coming from? So where do you need to connect to yourself? Is it through simple rest and stillness? Or is there something bigger that needs addressing? Whether that's a relationship change, a strategy change, a job change, something bigger that your binge eating is actually trying to pull you out of because it's no longer in alignment for you. And when you're able to do this automatically and instinctively, you're going to possibly even get excited or even welcoming of these compulsions because you know they're going to serve you and help you grow in the long run. And when you get good at doing this detective work, you can have the compulsion and then still not need to act on it because you've done this work right away instead of, I am personally still working on the automatically and instinctively part, so I am there with you all. But I know this powerful shift in perception is going to make all the difference when it comes to binge and emotional eating. All right, so that was today's episode. I am wishing you another epic week. Until next time, slay and thrivers. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves through the process, 
I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.